0: Welcome, everyone, to Bitcoin Magazine's Meet the Taco Plebs. My name is Casey Carrillo, and today I have a fantastic guest with us, uh, Keith Mukai, one of our best uh, copy editors here, and he really does a lot of fantastic work uh, behind the scenes. Keith, if you want to just introduce yourself real quick.
1: Yeah, thanks. Um, That's a nice compliment. So I'm I'm Keith Mukai. Kind of have a hand in a lot of different areas in the Bitcoin world. Uh, do some freelance copy editing for the magazine, which is it, it's great fun because you got a room full of like journalism majors, you know, doing their best to to clean up the the articles uh, up to up to Bitcoin Magazine standards, and then uh, you got me roaming around in the the Telegram group being like the the super tech nerd, and uh, it it it's kind of made for a a fun vibe amongst the the copy editors. Um, and you know, I get to feel like, eh, you know, when I'm surrounded by writers, I'm I'm the most technical person in the room. But then you put me in a room with Bitcoin core developers, and I'm like the village idiot, you know, times yeah. a thousand. <laughs> um, but I'm a professional programmer, uh, mostly in Python, uh, contribute to Spectre and Seed Signer and whatever interesting, cool Bitcoin ecosystem project comes up. And then the, the connection to doing some copy editing in the early in, in my programming career, I got bored and I turned myself into a high school English teacher. So I taught high school English for two years, loved it, was exhausted, ended up quitting at the end of the second year and went back to tech. But uh, it's cool that my English background and, and Bitcoin nerdosity can, can be combined and, uh, and do some work for Bitcoin Magazine.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're glad to have you. Uh, And like you said, we have such a a great group in there. Everyone has their own strengths and stuff. And you are definitely uh, our best technical oriented copy editor. So uh, it's great to have you in there. I want to ask you how you got into Bitcoin because uh, you have a very diverse background. So I'm curious what led you down that path.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I wish I had that nerd friend that would have tapped me on the shoulder in like 2014 or or earlier, and you know would have said, "Yo, check this out," but I I didn't have that that person in my life, so it was just coming across the occasional Wired article. You know, they'd write about Mount Gox or Silk Road or whatever, and each time I'd I'd say it like, "Oh my God, this is so cool! It's just firing all my like nerd interests. I got to go check it out," but then somehow something always came up. I would, I would put the magazine down and I would forget about it or I would question like, yeah, it's cool, but I don't really want to go out and buy drugs right now. So what would I do with it? You know? Um, and, and so I just never made it a priority. And so years went by, It, it wasn't until June, 2017 that I finally was like, okay, I've put this off for so long. I need to learn more. I need to buy some. Um, and I just, you know, of course, I regret my laziness and my my foolishness. Like I, I could have been in so much earlier. Um, even though I'm sure for a lot of people, 2017 sounds crazy early at this point. Um, but <clears throat> but I, I, it taught me the super valuable lesson that like I really really value now, which is like no matter how fringe the interest is, like I I have now promised that. To myself that i will pursue it and it doesn't matter if like there's a you know i I had to uh, replace the the garbage disposal in my sink and i got a quote for 600 dollars from the plumber like oh my god i'm not paying 600 bucks i'll figure out how to do it myself um and i kind of had a blast just learning how to like cut pvc and (laughs) not screw up my sink (laughs) um and so i just love this idea of collecting skills that I need or that I'm interested in and who cares if there's like a roadmap for them? Like, why am I collecting them? Because they're interesting. And, and that's it. That's enough. If I had had that attitude, you know, years ago when I first heard about Bitcoin, I would have a lot more Bitcoin right now.
0: Yeah, totally. Uh I love that perspective. Um, I feel like a lot of people feel that way. Like I personally got into writing more through Bitcoin and, uh, and, like, just my passion for it. So, I think it just opens, like, like you said, it opens like the door towards wanting to learn everything, uh, you know, and just being curious in general. Um, yeah.
1: And, and if we're right about Bitcoin, it's going to find its way into everything. And so, you know, it, it might be the long way around, but anything you invest your time into, eventually there's going to be a tie back to Bitcoin. Um, so, it's all going to be time well spent.
0: Exactly. Exactly, and that kind of ties into my next question, which is about how Bitcoin has changed your life. And I guess that could also relate into like how it's changed your career path and uh, what you're interested in. So, yeah, I, I mean, yeah
1: you you ask my friends and family, and it, Bitcoin has become my life. It hasn't just changed it. <laughs> so, you know every every spare second that I can spare, like the the attention span i'm I'm listening to a podcast or I'm watching a a, a Bitcoin video, or, you know, reading uh, materials on it. my My dog has listened to countless hours of Bitcoin podcasts on on our walks uh, and and in the car. but the like the coolest thing for me, like I'm sitting here at my my bre- breakfast table. and like I'm writing code here that has the potential to impact people out in the world for the better. Um, you know, my, my first touch, you know, touch with this was early on in the Spectre desktop wallet, uh, the creator, Stepan uh, Snigarev, had created it uh, for his DIY air-gapped hardware wallet, and it was all based on QR codes. And I really loved what he had built for the Spectre desktop wallet side. It was like the easiest way that I had ever seen to create your own multisig. And I'm like, oh my God, I want to use this. I want to learn about multi-sig. I want to set my own my own multisig up. But it was only supporting air-gapped wallets. So I messaged him. I was like, hey, you know, I know you have this mission in mind, but would you mind if I integrated USB hardware wallets so I can plug in my, you know, ledger and cold card or, you know, whatever. Um, and he was like, yeah, that'd be cool. And so I did it. And, you know, obviously the, the code has... Uh, Improved and evolved through other people's hands since then, Um, but I was able to start using Specter, build my own multi sig, uh, you know, since late 2019. And then, as El Salvador and Bitcoin Beach started hitting the news, you know, I learned about the the Bitcoin Beach wallet that they're using in in their community, and I was I was amazed the the back end of it. Is securing their cold storage using Specter as their multi sig coordinator, mm. and as soon as I read that, I'm like, Oh my god! If they're using hardware wallets that plug in over USB, then they're using at least part of my code to secure El Zante's community Bitcoin funds, and like I never expected to have any connection to mm. something like that, and you know, it's just it's it's a tiny you know chunk of code that I wrote in 2019. Um, and you know, I, I can't claim like a huge part of this amazing El Salvador story, but I think it's just incredible that I have a really tiny piece of it that mm-hmm. that I helped contribute to. Um, I, I think that's amazing. And then, you know, more recently, uh, I I kind of took some time off from from Spectre contributions. It's like the way that open source goes: you you come, you go, you you know, make contributions, you disappear. Um, and after the El Salvador news, I was like, okay, they're using Spectre. That's incredible. But Spectre is only in English. And that's a little awkward. So then I asked the Spectre team. I was like, hey, would you guys mind if I added multi-language support? And they're like, it's on our roadmap. We don't really have time. We haven't made it a priority. But you know, if you want to take a stab at it, that's cool. I'm like, hell yeah, I want to take a stab at it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I started implementing it. And then I just blasted out on Twitter. I was like, yo, Bitcoiners, uh, I'm going to have Spectre ready to be translated soon. But like, I've got high school level Spanish, <laughs> you know, like I'm not the one to, to do those, the actual, you know, line by line translations. So we got a group of like over 40 volunteer translators, uh, just threw them all in a telegram telegram group. And I just wrote up the instructions and was like, Any language that you want to translate Spectre into, follow these steps, submit it to GitHub, we'll get it integrated. Uh, And by the time we launched it, we had 11 languages fully translated, including like, you know, like two different flavors of of Mandarin, uh, you know, uh, Russian, Greek, of course, Spanish, uh, French, you know, on and on and on and on. Yeah. And it was just so cool. Like, it's just bringing this incredibly powerful open source tool to like more corners of the world uh like one of the one of the guys that worked on the french translation he shared a a graphic of uh the world map or it was africa actually Mm -hmm. and it showed how much of africa is french speaking because of the uh colonialization that's happened there and it's like it's a huge chunk of africa there's like millions of people in africa that have some level of of ability to to speak French. And so like I didn't know that. You know, somebody said, hey, I can do French. And so they did French. And now we've unlocked Spectre to a big chunk of Africa. It's yeah. just, it's incredible. And and again, like I'm just sitting here at my breakfast table, you yeah. know, just hacking away at some code and and bring helping bring these tools to, to more and more people. It's it's incredible.
0: Yeah, that's one of my uh, favorite stories I've heard here on on Meet the Taco Clubs. I feel like you have a hand in a lot of stuff in Bitcoin right now, Keith. So uh, it's it's great to have your impact felt uh, in so many ways. And yeah, I mean, with El Salvador, that's uh, you know it's going to be part of history eventually when people look at you know the first adoption of Bitcoin, uh, you know, the platform and rails that they used. I'm sure they'll look prehistoric at some point, and we'll all look back and be like, "Wow, you know, they're using Specter," and you'll be a part of that. So that it's really awesome. Uh, and Bitcoin is such a small world, isn't it? It's like, yeah, you if you uh, are contributing to it uh, consistently, it's very quick and easy to just find yourself in a big thing. You know, find yourself wrapped up in this whole monetary mm-hmm. revolution going on.
1: Yeah, and it's it's the community is small, but the obviously the implications are huge. And when I first started getting into Bitcoin and getting excited about it, you know, as a programmer, your first thought is like, oh, I want to get a, a commit into Bitcoin Core. You know, that's like massive nerd bragging rights. Um, and I started looking through the Bitcoin Core code. It's all C++. And, you know, that's like... Non-programmers have a hard time understanding kind of like the pecking order or the hierarchy of within the programming world mm-hmm. and you know the the level of quality of code that you need to to be able to produce to write you know unstoppable c plus plus for bitcoin core is just like that that's a level that i don't think i'll ever reach like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm good at what i do but like yeah i'm 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 a taco pleb developer <laughs> you know I, I'm, not, I'm not bitcoin yeah. core level um but there are all these other projects like specter that are in python and mm-hmm. that's like exactly my day job tech stack and so i can i can look at specter and and instantly be like oh i know what's going on here and oh man that's ugly they shouldn't be doing it that way mm. you know like i can have these like strong opinions and and bring like actual expertise and you know really impact that project um you know a Another project, which is kind of my new obsession, is SeedSigner. Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is SeedSigner. You have to check it out. It is just the coolest little open source project ever. So the whole idea is that it's a fully open source uh, Bitcoin hardware wallet that you can build from off-the-shelf parts for like less than 50 bucks. Uh, it's just based on a, a super cheap little Raspberry Pi uh, a screen and a, a little camera, and and a memory card, and the whole project is in Python, and the whole idea was just super cool to begin with, and so when I started checking it out, there's really only there were really really only two people working on it. So SeedSigner is a, a anonymous, you know, he's a Nim account, mm-hmm. uh, so he started it, but he isn't a programmer, so he taught himself just enough programming to be able to assemble you know seed signer to, to kind of do a basic proof of concept um, and then this other guy Nick came in and really like he is a professional programmer and really reorganized and, and rewrote it um, but Nick isn't full-time Python in his day job and then so I discovered the project and it was just like when I saw Specter I was like this is so cool but oh my god what a mess I can totally you know rip out all this code and make it so much better mm. um, and so we've just been adding so many cool, fun features to it. And it's really unique because it's a different kind of hardware wallet in that it's totally stateless. Mm. So there's no, there's no private key that's stored on the device. Like when you turn it off, the device is blanked. And so I can take my seed signer and hand it to my, my brother-in-law and say, hey, if you need to make a transaction, Here, use my device, Mm -hmm. and then he loads in his mnemonic seed phrase, initializes it to make his transaction, turns off the device, and can hand it, you know, to the next person. Interesting. So, yeah, and and so El Salvador again is like really prominent in our thoughts because if you can build a hardware device for fifty dollars and then share it with as many people as you want reasonably safely, I mean, there's some, you know, of course, security trade-offs you're making, but for most people, it's reasonably safe. Then you're giving them like cold storage access to Bitcoin for $50. And then even less than that, if you consider that it's shared across, you know, a whole family or, or multiple families. Um, and then even things like you can set up your own multi-sig with just one seed signer. Because it can be all three or four or five signing keys that mm-hmm. you would have for your multisig. So rather than spending a couple hundred dollars to buy multiple copies of hardware devices, you just build one seed signer and and you're good to go. It's just it's it's just really cool how how different the the security model is and how different the features are when you have this uh, stateless approach.
0: Yeah, um, it sounds cool. I recall you mentioning Seed Signer and sending it. Um, and it kind of goes into our next piece because when I sent you the next piece, you are like, oh, it reminds me of Seed Signer. Uh, and I, I'm going to ask you about your favorite piece that you've edit us, edited for us here at the magazine.
1: Uh, yeah, so it, it's pretty recent. So um, uh, Armin the Parman? Oh, <laughs>
0: That's I, that's how I've always said it. <laughs>
1: yeah, I want to make sure I didn't reverse it in my brain. I was like, was it Armin or was it Parmin the Armin? But Armin the Parmin uh, just recently put out an article that is a a way to generate your own Bitcoin private key using no computers, no computation whatsoever. The randomness randomness is provided by dice rolls, and it's basically, it's, it's like a worksheet. So he just provides the step-by-step instructions, you know, lay out your sheet this way, roll the dice. If you see this, write down this kind of number. When you're done with that, translate these numbers using, you know, this calculation. And it's all stuff that at the surface, it looks intimidating. But if you just read through the steps, it's all really simple stuff. Like I could literally sit down with my 12-year-old niece and say like, hey, let's, let's make you a private key. Um, and she can do all the steps. And it's just so neat because just so much of Bitcoin is so hard to understand. You know, like I, I I'm not confident I'll ever understand all the cryptography and, and all those nuances. But just reading through his article helped me understand private keys better than I ever understood them. You know, because it 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 demystifies it. It says, like, look, this there's a simple mechanical process to go from point A to point B and once you've arrived at point b you can secure your bitcoin so it's just really cool i you know i i know it you know looking at an article and and doing some worksheet math on a saturday isn't isn't necessarily everyone's idea of a good time but like if you love bitcoin if you're fascinated by it like i i think everyone should do it i think it's just it's a cool exercise uh, it's not that hard and and you'll learn a ton and and it's really well written I mean, hats off to to him. he did a a really great job,
0: yeah, uh we were uh, absolutely grateful to to get that piece from him. um It's really cool to see like that like you said, from A to b, from entropy to Bitcoin key yeah, uh, you have the whole process kind of set out in front of you um and and we're always looking for the stuff like that at the magazine where like you said bitcoin's so complicated it's it's almost like uh we'll never fully understand certain aspects of it or at least like us simpletons <laughs> won't but uh it's a big part of our you know goal here at the magazine is to take those complicated subjects and turn them into uh something that's easy to follow easy to understand uh and it's kind of a fun project like you said if you're really into bitcoin if you really want to understand it um things like that really you know change your perspective on on what's going on underneath the hood yeah Um,
1: yeah i mean you'll you'll have bragging rights where you know you could be a a straight taco pleb like you don't know anything about cryptography but you can intelligently impress your friends by explaining to them what the checksum is mm -hmm, (laughs) which mm -hmm. literally i couldn't do before i read that article Uh, and now like i actually understand where it all comes from and uh, you know, I can sound like I know way more than I actually do, because I can speak intelligently about checksums now.
0: I think it's funny. I think every bitcoiner sounds way more intelligent than we think, because when when you get really into like the Bitcoin verse or whatever, uh, this whole jargon you know dictionary enters, enters your uh, lexicon, and, and there's just there's a lot of words that don't make sense if you're not into this space. Yeah. And, uh, whenever, whenever I find myself like talking to people about Bitcoin, I always have to remind myself, oh yeah, like I probably have to explain this first and then that and just for them to get, you know, a phrase that Bitcoiners throw around casually. So
1: yeah, exactly. It,
0: but, um, so moving on, I want to ask you about what you're most uh, looking forward to in the Bitcoin space. Cause there's a lot going on right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I've kind of a, a cop out answer, which is like everything like, I, you know, like who knows what's coming next, right? Like things feel like they're accelerating. It's just getting really exciting. Um, you know, uh, uh, Mike Peterson uh, was just on a podcast I was listening to this morning and I loved his perspective, you know, the, uh, whichever podcast it was, they they asked him, you know, wh- how do you think this El Salvador rollout is gonna go? And he's like, oh, it'll be a disaster and then people <laughs> will learn and it'll get better and, you know, like don't 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 like don't look at where it is 2 weeks from now look at where it's going to be 3 months from now 6 months from now 2 years from now um and that's such a great attitude to have like yeah the price dumped on day 1 that's a bad luck <laughs> like
0: <laughs> there's
1: no way around it um, but long term it's going to be the right call um so i don't i don't know where it's going but you know there's there's going to be so much work to do, so many tools that need building and, or integrations that need to be uh, put together, so many new services uh, that don't exist yet. And you know, I, I love that as a programmer, like I, I have a shot at you know, learning about these things and getting involved in them and contributing. And you know, I mean, people have been saying it for decades, but if, if you're trying to figure out your career path, like, and you're in school, you damn well better learn some programming cuz there's there's no career that doesn't involve programming in in the coming years and then the plus side is you know maybe you can hack around and have some have some fun programming in bitcoin cuz every single career every single industry is going to have some integration some touch point with bitcoin and every person on the planet can find their niche to to where you know where can they contribute how can they contribute um, you know, even, even if programming is off, off the table, like uh, so many, like even Spectre. Spectre is now this big project, really prominent. Um, and I think the documentation is not good. You know, like people have recorded tutorials, that helps. But like, we need people who can understand the tools and then present the tools to new people or, or just to write the documentation, to make tutorial guides. Uh, it's so valuable because, you know, us programmers, we tend to be the worst possible people to explain how to use these tools, or we don't even bother. <laughs> in, in a lot of cases, you're just on your own, you know, like, oh, here's the GitHub, you know, repo. Good luck with that. Um, but, but yeah, I think I, I'm just excited that like nobody knows where this is all going, but it's just going to be huge. And, you know, if, if, if you have the interest, there's, there's room for you, there's a place for you
0: seriously. Um, like you were saying, uh, programming is going to be everywhere. Bitcoin is going to be everywhere. Um, I remember just, you know, 10 years ago being in like middle high school and uh, and we're being told like everything is going to have code in it. Um, people are going to be, you know, code will be a second language to most people. And so uh, it's, it's, Becoming more true every day and it's funny because I find myself now working for a a magazine that's entirely oriented around the technology written in code and um, you know it's it's the progression of society is towards this uh, being surrounded by programming. but to to round this whole discussion off it's been it's been great talking but i do want to ask you about your price prediction <laughs> for bitcoin it's my favorite question uh, to ask people especially uh, i like asking people who uh, you know have a lot of technical background and stuff because they're always more reasonable in their answers so what what's your price prediction for the end of this year 2021 and uh, a decade from now 2030.
1: Oof, a decade. When you put it that way, that, that's even more daunting. To It's a little less than a
0: decade. It's like two years.
1: Yeah, yeah, right, right. It's eight years, right. right. No, nine it's years. I don't even years, know right. math. Yeah, right. Um, end of the year. So, of course, I'll caveat this by saying, I don't know anything. <laughs> like, I DCA, I hodl, it goes into cold storage. I watch the price, but I don't worry about it. Um, if I had more Fiat, I would have bought the hell out of this uh, El Salvador dip. That was a juicy, juicy opportunity that uh, I wish I had more money to, to buy into. Um, but my, my end-of-the-year prediction is we're at 85 k It's not the top. We keep going through Q1 of next year, maybe through Q2. Um, I do think and hope that there's a price crash, just like previous cycles, except this cycle will just be a little bit more elongated. The, the crash will come a little bit later. Mm. Um, Mostly because, you know, the Bitcoin price is some ratio of speculators, some ratio of hodlers, and you know maybe one or two other species in there. And of course, over time, the ratio of hodlers will get bigger and bigger, but there's still a ton of speculators. So I think we will have a mania. Uh, who knows? Sky's the limit for this cycle's mania. Um, but when the mania subsides, it's going to be a big old crash, and. I'm hoping for that, um, not not to like, you know, I don't want to see anyone get financially wrecked, so obviously put your money in Bitcoin responsibly, but the best thing about the crashes is that things get quiet and you can just build and prepare for the next cycle. Like these last two or three years have been incredible. Like we're so much better off now than we were in the end of 2017. And if the price had just been pumping the whole time, I don't think we would have gotten here because we all would have been distracted by like, how to cash in on this like, never-ending rocket ship. Yeah. And instead, it's like the hardcore people who really want to be here stuck around and they built things the right way uh, you know, in, in the bear market. So I think the bear markets are really healthy for, for the ecosystem. Um, and then by the end of 2030... I mean, that's two more having cycles that's That's intense. Um, you know, like I'm roughly thinking like I, I think if you look at the previous having cycles, it's something like on the order of a 10x from the previous mm-hmm. peak. so I, I think I would expect that to to start getting smaller and smaller. Um, so let's say this peak is 8x, so that would put us around 160. Um, but again, who knows with with mania. Um, and then, you know, having like decreasing multiple, two more decreasing multiples off of that, I could see eight or nine hundred K be the peak in the, the, that, that era after the next two halvings. Um, but by 2030, you know, so the halving would be in 2028. Uh, so then 2029 would be the run up and then sometime in 2030 would be peak. And if there's going to be another crash, it would, it would happen then. And, you know, so I, I'm going to say something like $675,000 at the end of, of uh, 2030 after, you know, another mania peak, um, but smaller and smaller, you know, giant pops um and you know, boohoo, I'll be crying my way to sleep, you know if bitcoin is only at six hundred seventy five k in uh, in uh, nine years
0: I know what a it would be a terrible outcome right if yeah, it to yeah. Only hit that
1: to to collapse you know almost uh a thirty three percent off of uh off of a nine hundred k peak or something like that boohoo,
0: yep, I don't know if we could deal with it. <laughs> um, but I did like what you said about how the bear market really builds like a foundation. Um, it leaves the people behind who are ready to put their head down and work. Yeah. Um, and I think like the the, as you said, the ratio of, of speculators versus um, you know, people who understand their investment, I think like as the um, gap between a growth and adoption and a, education kind of shortens, and hopefully Bitcoin magazine is sort of a function of that. Um, I think then we can see hopefully a reduction in that ratio of speculators and an increasing number of people who truly hodl their Bitcoin and love their Bitcoin and, and know why um, they're really investing yeah. in that. So,
1: Amen. Amen. I, I will trade smaller mania pumps because there are fewer speculators uh, for a more well-educated you know, population that, that understands and, and hodls Bitcoin. That would be incredible
0: exactly um and that's what we hope to do here at the magazine so um thanks so much for coming on Keith. you really do a lot uh here at the magazine it's it's fantastic to have you on the team and uh we've had a great conversation so
1: thank you and i i love being able to contribute to to bitcoin magazine it was not something that was on my like you know list of things that i would have thought possible uh but it's just so cool I, i love just being uh you know, a fly in the wall on, on on some of these things, and, and just being in, in the belly of the beast, it's great.
0: Yep. Yeah. I, I always feel so privileged to to work here at the magazine. Feels like we're really doing something great. So, um, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, check out the next uh, episode of Meet the Taco Plebs, and uh, also go check out all the amazing articles that Keith and I work on at the magazine. And uh, thanks for listening.